they are the fabulous learning nerds because if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done you've got the fabulous learning nerds scott dan and abby are making it fun the best ideas that you've ever heard so everybody spread the word they're gonna keep you wheels turning the fabulous learning nerds fabulous learning nerds oh yeah Hey everybody, welcome back to another fantastic episode of Your Fabulous Learning Nerds. I'm Scott Trudy, your host, and with me, we're going to drop the hammer, everybody. You love him, Dan Coonrod's in the house. Dan the man. Oh yeah. Dan. Drop the hammer. Hey man, what's up? I dropped the, I, I dropped that hammer. Is that what the, I, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, like there's mm, nothing more that would needs to be said. About you in the house, sir. We're just dropping it. Oh, okay. Well, we'll just let's let's move on then. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Gusto gold sets up. That's right. How are you today, sir? Oh, I'm fair to Midland. Fair to Midland. We are on it. We are on I it. I gave it back last week. I stole it today. I decided to give it back. So kind of that's you. Right. So kind of you. I've been without my mojo all week. I I I've been bumping in the stuff i've been tripping over my shoelaces i appreciate it double knot sir that's what you need to do double knot those that's shoelaces. what it is i you know what i watched a video the other week that was titled you've been tying your shoes wrong uh and it was the exact kind of clickbait that got my attention and i watched it and i was like oh man i am really weird after this show you're gonna have to show me that video because now I am confident that I am also I got you. tying my shoe rate laces wrong. But I know somebody who does tie their shoelaces perfect every time, and we happen to have her with us today. Um, you love her, Abby Dawson, everybody. Abby. Hey, Scott. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Are your shoelaces tied correctly? <laughs> well, you know, like um, from my hobby of running, I actually mm-hmm. did get kind of into how you tie your shoes because it's a whole thing. And then I decided it was all too complicated and I use elastic laces. <laughs> I so. tried those. Those are very cool. Mm-hmm. Pro tip from Abby. Before we get to our special guest today, I found a new YouTuber. So I'm always looking to be Scott 2.0. Though I think I'm on Scott 78.0 at this point in time, just based on everything I've learned. And and it was interesting. It's like the person was like, don't be a complainer. I'm like, okay, I buy, I buy into that. But the basis was, you know, when you have people say, how you doing? Then you go, I'm hanging in there. That is a form of complaint. Don't be saying that. Don't be a hanging in there person. Just say, I'm fine. Or I'm good. I'm hanging in there. I love it. Hope you're hanging in there. Here's a person with us today, though, that I know is not just hanging in there. They're having a fantastic time, and we're going to get to know all about them in our segment that we call What's Your Deal? Hey, man. What's your deal? Austin. Hey, Scott. How are you? What's your deal, my friend? You know, I'd say uh, live in the dream. Uh, that's as my, as you play on the, the motto, uh, you guys are throwing around there. Right. Um, you know, I actually come from the L and D space, but more on the event front, right. There's a 
a lot of conferences out there. And uh, I started, you know, back in college, owned my own company at 19 uh, in the event space and pivoted to the corporate world, uh, launching L&D events, right? So I really specialize in Fortune 1000, C-suite executive uh, level events. That's my audience. And I connect into, to really to some of the most innovative vendors in the space I like to think of, right? So um, really a matchmaker uh, for everybody and uh, trying to bring the 2.0 to the industry uh, as well. It's a, it's a noisy space. It can be daunting at times, um, but bring us out of the archaic ways of one and done training uh, needs to happen somehow. Well, we're excited to learn all about it. Um, I know that even just next week, there's a big con that I'll be at, and uh, we'll certainly be talking about that. So, folks, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into our topic of the week. Learning and development and HR events. Why now? And what's the future? So, Austin. L&D and HR events. Talk to me. What's going on? Yeah. So, you know, I've been in the event space since, you know, a little over a decade now, I'd say. And, you know, I was around when gamification was the buzzword, right? And everyone was freaking out about about, uh, millennials and, you know, what are we going to do? And well, guess what? Now you have five generations of workforce, (laughs) And what are you going to do, right? Um, so L and D's evolved quite some bit, but I think what I've seen through our content that we host uh, at, at our company, uh, Opal Group, right, is you know evolved over time with the learner in mind. And we went from a one and done training where stakeholders were always trying to, hey pump out this compliance training or my sales team needs this X, Y, Z. You were expected to, here, here's a PowerPoint, here's a deck, right? We've come to a a point now where you need to really almost personify your employee, right? And bring upskilling in the way that works for them. And more and more organizations that I work with, right, that come to our events from Fortune 1000, from you know, you know, Mickey D's to IBM, um, they all face the same challenge, right? And, and at the same time, they're all trying to figure out how do we harness the ROI to bring back to our stakeholders. So L&D events, HR events, they actually have more of a daunting cha- task at hand than say a marketer, right? Marketing has evolved a little bit, but let's face it, Facebook was the the, the last big thing, you know, that marketing had come its way. L&D is constantly evolving. It has to be, right? You see that hashtag always be learning. It's there for a reason, right? You have to be able to pass old knowledge to new knowledge. And how do you do that effectively? Well, you go to events, right? You look over the fence. You see what your peers are doing, right? And there's not many events out there that do, you know, high-level events for C-suite executives. Like I'm, I'm, we, I host, right? Where it's, you know, more of a pool of decision makers, then you have more of like the ATDs and the SHRMs, right? Where you have directors, managers, larger pool. But guess what? Those That's your future CEO, right? That's your, C, your future C-suite, I mean, right? So, you know, you have to really have to look at events in the learning and development space is 
is probably the best in terms of events because you have that agility, right? You have that agility to kind of focus on innovations, focus on what's going on in this space, but then it's all about helping people, right? Upskilling them in the flow of work, but really coming with a blueprint, I think is the next step to demonstrate that ROI, right? Um, I think that has something to be said with it. So Austin, I'm fascinated by this for a couple of reasons. Um, One is so often in the learning and development community, we kind of like talk amongst ourselves and we talk to people who are familiar with our terms. We talk to people who are familiar with what we do and what our challenges are. Um, I imagine when you are talking to C-suite, these aren't things that they are thinking about all the time. Like this is something they're thinking about while they're there to solve a problem or like come back with a plan and then they're going to move on to other things. How are you capitalizing on that time? And what are you saying to those C-suite level um, leaders that help them understand the problem? They think they, they may are, they may think they already understand it, but they don't. Am I making sense? Am I rambling guys? Yeah, no, no, you, (laughs) You do make sense, right? And it's it's kind of, you get stuck in the event space where it's the same content, right? Everybody says, hey, it's the same thing. It's I see the same people. We talk about the same things. And I, I would say you're at a pivotal point where you're seeing the torch being passed to a new generation of mindset and innovation, right? You're, you're seeing those who are bringing chat GPT to the game, right? When you have someone who maybe only has 10 to 15 years left in the workforce, they don't have time for that, right? So, you know, it's meeting with your peers to figure out how to harness the technology to upskill yourself as a career. But at the same time, how do you take the content from a McDonald's and seeing what they're doing with a a workforce of 10,000 plus people, then roll that into your, maybe your, your, your company that only has a thousand. Right. So I always found, you know, I also sold into the enterprise space and sold solutions as well in my past. And, you know, it's interesting is everybody wants the the bright, shiny objects, right? The, the saying of you don't get fired if you work with IBM. Those times have kind of passed, right? Where I've noticed more and more L&D leaders want to work with the hidden gems, right? They want to work with those who can get in the trenches with their organization bring not so much the blueprint and, hey, this is the model, but, hey, we're agile enough to build it with you and fly the plane while we build it, right? And then be able to track it and show the data so that way you're constantly growing in the in the flow of work, right? Growing your employee in the flow of work, being an L&D leader, that's imperative, right? Because if you lose that employee based on the SHRM results, you're going to end up paying 50 to 60% of that person's salary to replace them, right? So if you're not upskilling your employees, you're not doing the right things. But more importantly, I think, you know, tie it back to events. If you're not seeing what other people are doing, or, you know, no one's the smartest person in the world, right? You have to go to events. You have to see what other people are doing. And you, more importantly, you have to see the solutions that are out there, right? There's more and more, you know, there's more solutions out there for the L&D space than there's ever been that are actually have strong differentiators compared to like marketing or finance software, you know, it's all the same stuff, (laughs) you know? So hopefully that ties in a little bit, Abby. When I was new in my career as 
like an ID and somebody was like, oh, yeah, we want to go to this conference, this summit. And I remember being like, no, I'm good. And just like the level of, uh, I'm going to say arrogance of just being like, no, nah, I'll figure it out. I've got the Internet. I'll figure it out. And then now that I'm a little bit more experienced, and a little bit older, like every time somebody's like, hey, there's this conference. I'm like, oh, how do I get involved? How do I get there? Like, how, how can I how can I show up? How can I how can I be part of it? How can I present? Like it's as I've learned more and become a better person in learning and development, like I've definitely seen like the super strong real value in them. And Dan, I'll piggyback on that by saying early in my career, when I would try and go to a conference, the question was, what what are you going to get out of it? Like, what are you going to learn? And I'd always try and like dig up an answer. Like you go dig through all the conference pages, right? Oh, they're going to have, they're going to speak about this or this. And now I'm so much more comfortable by going, I don't know. And that's why I want to go. Like, I don't know what I'm going to get from it, but I feel like I'm, there's some value in being there among people listening to what's being said. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you the most, the biggest impacts, not just the content, it's the people you meet, right? It's, it, it's the, it's the conversations during coffee, during lunch, during cocktails after everything's over, right? Um, when you can take it to more of a personal level than tie work in, then it helps you as a person figure out how to upskill your role, right? As a, as your career. And then you can bring that in if you're a leader, right? You can have that kind of trickle down to your department. And all of that attributes to culture and, you know, retention of your employees and all these great things that HR as a whole is trying to solve. Well, guess what? L&D can actually do it all. I always find when I come back from these that I'm inspired with the new things that I've learned. But man, I, and I've said this a thousand times, but learning people are great people. Because we all got into this business to make a difference, to hang out with your tribe, man. I'm going to hang out with my tribe. Um, and we're going to talk about making whatever I'm doing better, to make the people around me better. Ah, oh, it just feels so good. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I just think from a morale boost perspective alone, to come back energized, inspired with new ideas and reminding ourselves why we got in here. Because so all too often we get bogged down in the minutia of, did you update your LMS? You know, did, um, did you, did you get those VO recordings done? Right. Um, did you get those slides put together for a QBR that we're having with another client? I mean, all that stuff kind of gets in the way of, you know, why we do what we do. So I, I just really feel like that's something that a lot of us don't talk about, but it's really important for what you're doing with events. Yeah. Speaking of which, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm excited. You got me excited, Austin. I want to go to an event. What are some that I should think about? And then um, on top of that, like, what should my game plan be when I get there? Right? So what's what's my prep like for? So I guess two questions. One is like, hey, what are some events that you would recommend our listeners to be thinking about? And then number two, like, how do we prep for this? Yeah. So... You know, that answer has actually evolved over my career, right? And, um, you know, back in the, you know, back in the day, it was always, hey, go to the biggest and the best, right? Go with the bright, shiny object, go where everybody's going. 
you know, you would think of your ETDs, your dev learns, you know, your, your large scale events in Vegas, um, you know, that's pivoted and you really want to find and ask yourself, what's, what's your purpose and what do you want to get out of it? Right. And then mold that to your peer level. So there's great events like training industry does uh, an expo as well, right? Um, they do an amazing event, partner of ours as well. They do some great stuff. And it, it's a great event to get in the trenches with a true peer level of a director level, a manager, right? Who are with the bottom line employees, helping them achieve their dreams, right? If you're a C-suite executive, you want to focus on more of a, a summit, right? Or uh, an event that's just pulling in that group. There's only a few companies out there that, that do that, right? Opal Group, the company I'm with, we do it, right? But it's it's focused on, hey, you get a million dollar plus budget, you're sitting in the C-suite or the VP level, you need to be with your like-minded peer because you're going to actually be able to share and gain more knowledge than you would speaking to another audience, right? It's great to have overlap. And that's part of the reason why I kind of like to kind of bring everybody in and in every level because the directors and managers are the future VPs and CLOs of these large organizations, right? So it all starts from the bottom up and, you know, I can go on and on about higher ed, but I think at the end of the day, you want to focus on a large scale event, a niche event, you know, focus on something that maybe is outside your comfort zone, right? It's kind of going back into what Dan was saying, right? I, I don't know, I'll figure it out. I could YouTube it. Like, yeah, you could, but, you know, you want to upskill in gaming, you want to upskill in cryptocurrency, blockchain, AI, like choose an event like that, get out of your comfort zone and bring it back to your career. And, la- and you know what I mean? And then in terms of prep, you know, Create a to-do list, right? I see I see so many people just kind of walk the gamut, collect tchotchkes, like we all know it, right? Scanning badges and, <laughs> hey, what do you do, right? And come in with a, a top 20, right? Top 20 companies you want to meet with. And the reason why I say that is because even if you're not trying to buy anything, focus on your one year out as an attendee, right? And go see those, stop by those booths, go take those meetings with those those vendors, because they may be able to say something you never knew they did. And that's actually the future of exactly where you want to go. Like your vision is now going to come to fruition because, oh, well, that's perfect. I'll roll that out Q2 of next year. We'll be talking then, right? Sponsors are the reason why events happen, right? And I think a lot of attendees forget about the sponsorship side, right? It's like, oh, sponsors give out tchotchkes. Like it's the kind of that joke, right? That's walking the gamut but that they're the one that keep they're the ones that keep the the event industry going right they're the ones that allow you to get face to face with your peer network right and and see what's going on so at the end of the day large scale niche focus and then i would go title focused right maybe the industry focused you do automotive go to an automotive event you know <laughs> that just makes sense uh <laughs> you know uh, you bring up a good point uh, just about like the the people who are making these events possible. You know, when I finally did start going to more events, uh, I mean, I'll just be super real and honest. I definitely made it part of the game to like avoid uh, all of the sales aspects, all the people selling things. 
and I, I really had this that that perspective for a long time. But as I talked to more and more learning and development nerds, more and more folks in the industry, like I was at first, I was surprised when they were like, oh, yeah, I always I always go through the row. Oh, yeah, I always go see because that's that's what's coming next. Like they're building new tools and I want to see new tools. I want to see cool new ways to get stuff done. And, you know, like I, I had this real bah humbug approach to it. And, you know, I, what a difference it made when I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll set aside an hour today and I'll, I'll walk down the booth row and I'll, I'll see like, like what's coming up. And I'll just keep that, that in mind. Like, what are these new tools? What, what can, what, what's going to come that's going to be exciting? And yeah, so I love that perspective because it took me a long time to get there. And I think you put it into tight and concise verbiage. Yeah. And I think there's a misconception that everything you do has to be immediately actionable. And I, I don't think that's true. I think like you, you build your awareness of what's going on in the industry. You kind of stockpile ideas. You, you build kind of a foundation for, you know, what, what you know as a professional. Um, and then down the road, maybe you're inspired by something you heard at an event, or um, you remember something someone told you in a sales pitch about a product and you connect the dots. So I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be scared to go listen to a pitch when you know you can't buy. You never know when that might come in handy later. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say just be honest, right? We all put pants on the same way, you know? And if you tell someone, hey, I'm not ready to buy, but this is an amazing product. I mean, training industry, I'll bring them up again because they create this amazing infographic at every event. It is, I think there's, I don't know, a thousand companies on this thing. And it breaks it down into every quadrant of, of everything you can imagine. But you really can't dive into every differentiator, right? And everything that makes them tick. But if they have that one tool that, hey, my stakeholder as an L&D leader has been looking for this one thing, and I know I can demonstrate ROI tomorrow if I implement it, well, I never would have found that out if I never talked to, you know, Dan at the booth over there, you know what I mean? So it's it, it's just one of those things of, of getting in person, you know, and in COVID was, you know, put a huge roadblock in the event industry, right? We we had a pivot to virtual. That was a whole other story, right? And, you know, no one was in, in person. No one was going to conferences for years, you know, and to finally come back out of that and come out strong and to see L&D having more of a seat at the table, that's impact in my opinion. So I was going to say like, that's, that's an interesting perspective, you know, like uh, I, I definitely expected to hear just how tough things were uh, for the event industry during COVID. Uh, but for you to say like, like, yeah, it was tough, but we, we managed, but then when we came out, you know, just the difference that a few years makes, in your perspective from like where the L and D industry was, that's a, it's a real interesting perspective. Yeah. I mean, everybody's was remote too, you know? So, you know, hats off to L every L and D leader out there, because if you were doing L and D during COVID when everybody was in office and now they're remote, now that was a, and Scott, you can attest. That was a, probably a, a wildfire that was hard to, to control. <laughs> It was. And I, I actually was one of those guys that actually did go to a virtual event in COVID. Um, I was invited to go to one and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going. It's great. I took the day off and 
It was interesting, you know, um, leave it up to learning folks to find creative ways to do things that um, are really hard to do virtually. Like you talked or you mentioned about this getting together with my peers and having those talks, those hallway conversations, the, uh, you know, the after uh, event cocktail kind of thing. Like, how do you do that remotely? How do you create a virtual environment to do that? Um, they took a shot at it. One too bad. Um, do I have relationships with any people that I met in that room? No, not, not a single one. Um, I can't say that about the, any, you know, the events that I go to meet a lot of great people and I do have some long-term relationships, great friends that I've made uh, by going there. That didn't happen in that case, but still was, it was a valid try. We tried, right? So at least they were purposeful about it. Um, the question that I have is, you know, best practices. So I got my top 20 to-do list, right? I picked the right conference for me. For me, not too big, not too small, something that's going to address one of my OKRs, one of my KPIs for this year, right? Then we're going to go ahead and dive into the tech. There's a lot of tech conferences. I love me the tech conferences, right? Um, I show up. What are some best practices that, that you might recommend to people? Now I'm on site. I've got my to-do list. Make sure you don't do this. Make sure you don't tie your shoelaces the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. I'd say uh, be punctual, right? Nobody likes someone who shows up to an event. You see them once and then they don't come back. Uh, you know, there's, you always see those, those people. Um, but, you know, you've already made this list. You've come ready. You know, get engaged, right? <clears throat> Go to the sessions and talk to the people at the same table you're sitting with right? Figure out where they're from, what their story is, get to know them as a person, right? You know, I, I work heavily on the, the vendor side, right? And the delegate side for both, uh, both sides when it comes to an event. So, you know, when you think of a, a sponsor, you go, Hey, everybody there wants to talk to the, in, you know, the delegate and win their business, uh, be tactful, do your homework, right? You know who you're talking to. If you're at a small event, you know, you should already have kind of a list of who you're talking to, what acquisition they just made, some kind of news about them. That's going to help you succeed even more. If you're an attendee, you need to figure out the, the other executives that make the light bulb go off in your head, right? If you're, again, automotive, maybe you want to find an automotive person, but then also find another company that is a 180 from yours and see what they're doing, right? See what McDonald's is doing. If you're at BMW, because I guarantee you they're doing something that's so groundbreaking with their, you know, LMS or the learning experience platform. And they've probably created a whole university that you could roll out and increase sales at all of the dealerships tenfold. Right. So you never know until the people you talk to. So I, I see a lot of times attendees will run the gamut. They will go to their sessions. They're taking notes. But they're not really, I guess, brainstorming afterward, right? And they all just kind of take it and bottle it up and then go back to work. Take it and regurgitate it with your peers while you're at the event. Everybody's in the moment. Why shouldn't you, right? Take it to the next level. Be that person that takes it to the next level. And then you're going to either further your career, meet more networks, uh, uh, you know, deepen your network, and just kind of... Again, take it to the next level. Don't be afraid, right? I think 
you know, even if you're an introvert, there's, there's plenty of clubs and plenty of places at events that kind of speak your language, right. And you can go to, and I mean, that's, that's your core group. But the idea here is you want to be able to go to your next event and then have a group that you can text and meet up with. Right. And you should always be focused on growing that group year over year. Cause then you're going to better your career. You're going to better your company. You're going to better your culture. You're going to be taking more information and content in from every year over year than be able to really confirm it right with your peer group that you've grown year over year. That also, like you said, Scott, like-minded. So Austin, million dollar question. What are you doing to your LinkedIn before you get to these events? <laughs> are you are you scrubbing it? Are you tagging it with anything? What what are you doing? So, you know, what I've learned through the years of LinkedIn, Abby, is it's it's not what it was 10 years ago. Uh, you know? Um so, you know, you used to be able to send a message to somebody on LinkedIn and they would say hello back, right? They go, oh my gosh, somebody's messaged me. How you doing? Right. Um you can post whatever you want on LinkedIn. You know, half the ads out there on LinkedIn are, hey, buy something, right? Do this. I would say if you want to do something impactful, give, right? Give to the community, give information, give insights, stop asking, give them content and just get to the point. Because then as you do that and create a campaign before you get to the event, your followers will grow. People will see it. Word of mouth will travel. Then by the fifth year you're going to an event, you're the headline speaker, right? And everybody wants to follow you and know how you've done what you've done. But you know how what you did what you did? You built a group. You reassured it. You went to a bunch of events. You figured out what was going. You formed the 2.0, right? You implemented some technology, implemented vendors that are speaking the future, right? They're not still working on dial-up and AOL. You know what I mean? So you got to think of those instances. And then, you know, your LinkedIn is a tool, right? It's a networking tool. It's also as, only as strong as your network, right? If you don't have 10,000 followers, you know, you need probably need to work on that, right? If you want to be a public figure, you know, build your followers, but you do that through content, right? Um I guess that's the best advice I have on that front. If you're a solution provider, you're trying to sell, right? You know, add your prospects, add those who are the directors, the managers, those who are in the trenches, and then go for the the C-suite, go for the VP, and let the water cooler buzz that you've created from the trenches move up. And then when you finally get face to face with them, should accelerate that. Uh, opportunity for a partnership. Right? Okay. <clears throat> this has been awesome. I really, really appreciate it. Um, great stuff. Like I, I'm going to learning solutions next week. I don't know if I'm going to be there, but uh, I've got a lot of great things in mind and I'm looking forward to seeing some friends as we, um, as we try to close this thing out, Austin, is there anything that, um, that you haven't had an opportunity to talk about that you want to remind our audience about either things, uh, yeah, either things you're working on or, or um, really important stuff when it comes to their thoughts with events. Yeah, you know, I'd say just get engaged, right? Find the event that's that's right for you. Um, I host events as well in the L and D space, DEI, talent intelligence, HR. You know, more at the executive level. Um, you know, always be learning. 
you know, we also have a, a blog that we're working on and, and growing as well at Opal Group. So join that, subscribe. Um, there's lots of great stuff that's always evolving there. And um, yeah, I'll see, I'll see everybody at an event at some point. <laughs> Fantastic. Camp. Yeah, thank you enough for everything. Austin, could you do us a favor? Um, let our audience know how they could connect with you today. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can actually probably just Google Austin Stevens Tampa. Should be the first one that pops up. And uh, or yeah, I'm, I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. <laughs> All right. Well, make sure we'll have a LinkedIn profile um, so everybody could go ahead and connect with you, see what you're up to, see what events you're going to be at. Um, so they can you know, hook you up, either buy you a drink or maybe if you're nice enough to them, they might get a drink from you. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but thanks so much uh, for getting us excited about the opportunities we have to share best practices, uh, learn, grow, and get better. So thank you much. Daniel-san. Yes, Scott. Can you do me a favor? Could you let our audience know how they could get in touch with us? Absolutely. All right, party people. If you haven't done it already, email us at nerds at thelearningnerds.com. Tell us about the last conference you went to or the one you're planning on going to. We'd love to hear about it. If you're on Facebook, you can find us at Learning Nerds. And lastly, for all of our Instagram peeps, Fab Learning Nerds. Scott. Thanks, Dan. Hey, everybody, do me a favor. Could you hit that subscribe button? Share this episode with your friends. Share it on social media. Hey, if you loved what Austin had to say, leave us a review. Leave it on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. We'd greatly appreciate it because it'll allow us to get more of this information out to more of you and uh, make this world a better place. And with that, I'm Scott. I'm Dan. I'm Abby. I'm Austin. And we're your fabulous learning nerds, and we are out.